0: Here we are, now, with another episode of the Andrew Lake Podcast. Today I'd like to talk about a little moment I had, a personal moment, a personal experience. I just thought I'd share. I was doing my routine, my daily swim, as it were, down at the local... And it was a bit cold, because it's a bit cold at this time of year, where I am, here in Australia. And it was a bit of a messy water day, and there were some blue bottles, so I didn't actually go in. It was the first day where I just sort of put some water over me, and I still had a cold shower. Usually I do my floating and get amongst the water, and it's so nice. It's really, it's one of my favorite parts of my personal routine. And as I was there, by the beach, all alone by myself, I found a hope jar. Isn't that cute? Doesn't that just make you feel so warm and fuzzy inside? Of course, what is a hope jar? Well, you can imagine. It's a jar full of hope. And someone had left it there, just by where I'd had my shower. And I had little drawings on it and some craft and some buttons stuck onto it and it was quite neat it looked like it hadn't been done by a child and inside were all these little bits of paper and it said take one as needed there was also a seashell in there so I thought wow this is cute I could do with some hope I need some hope I'm feeling pretty lonely these days I'm feeling pretty sad and why not just a bit of a pick-me-up I mean I'm doing okay let's not make this too much about me But I've had my moments of loneliness. So we see this jar, and I open it up and I start looking through, and there's some quotes in there. Some of them are pretty cheesy. It's like, heroes were built more on rock bottom than from privilege, or you didn't wake up today to be mediocre, or things like this. And some of them were sort of cheesy and a bit shallow in that nature. But then I come across a couple of others which were a bit more deep. And one was a quote. So this one is It's not about perfect, it's about effort. And when you bring that effort every single day, that's where transformation happens. That's how change occurs. And that's a quote from Gillian Michaels. And I had no idea who this was. Never heard of this name before. Who is this? Who is this Jillian Michaels? So I look her up and she is a world-famous, world-class fitness coach. She's got an app and a website. And whoa, she she is amazing to look at. She is gorgeous. What a woman. What a presence. Just so fit and so beautiful. Wow. And I don't know really how I feel. I mean, she could be a model. She might be a supermodel. That might be one of her part-time things. I mean, she's such, a, such an amazing impression from her website. Just from looking at her, I think, wow, maybe she is a model. And that's my first impression. And I don't know how I feel really about the fitness industry and the you-can-go-get-it self-help, motivational speaking, let's-get-up-and-get-into-it vibe I get. Seems too much like an orange meme and I guess my tastes are more psychological and philosophical And I tend to stay away from the motivational speakers. Even though I've had my times of dabbling in them. And this success of, whoa, an incredibly gorgeous, beautiful woman. Selling fitness apps. Or fitness regimes. I don't know how I feel about it. It might be that... You don't really need it. It might be that, who is she to help me? And why is it, Why does it have to be her? Why couldn't it be someone else? And I guess there are other people. As a business model, as a product to sell, I guess it's her calling. I guess it's her lot in life. So she was brought to my attention by this hope jar. And I've got my own fitness regime, so I wouldn't use it. I don't know if I would recommend it. And I'm, I'm sure she's very successful. She must be so successful. And the, the, the thing that triggers me is that her success is all to do with her looks. Like the whole thing about her website is how she looks, her body, her body. Now, she might not be a model per se, but the thing that's at the front of her branding and her product selling and her entrepreneurship is her body. It's her physical appearance, the way she looks. And of course, I'm all for good looks. I love good looks. I think she's amazing. But it's not enough. There has to be something inside. And it's easy to It's easy to get caught up in the visual in this day and age with our industries on the internet that are so much geared towards the visual. And I can easily see myself falling for a, a woman like Julian Michaels. So I kept looking through the hope jar and the quote spurred me on a little bit because I thought, well, maybe there are some other quotes in, in there for something a little bit deeper. And sure enough, I came across one by Albert Camus. Now, this guy I have heard of before because he's the French-Algerian philosopher from the mid-20th century, mid-19th cent Wait, 20th century? 19th century. 20th century. 100 years ago, something like that, whenever that was. He was a famous philosopher and wrote many famous books. And... This quote, on the piece of paper that was in this hope jar, says this. In the midst of winter, I found there was, within me, an invincible summer. I thought, wow, that really is true. That really does sing to something deep. He's trying to point something out there. And as I stood shivering after my cold shower, looking through this hope jar, finding this Albert Camus quote, I realized that he does have something in him, and he wants that to be pointed out. He does have something that is, he knew something that I also knew which is touching that which is strong within and isn't moved. It's more like the rocks rather than the waves of the ocean. And I'll read a bit more. This comes from the rest of that quote. So the piece of paper in the hope jar had that short quote on it, but the rest of the quote also adds, well, I'll read the whole thing. He says, In the midst of winter I found there was within me an invincible summer, and that makes me happy, for it says that no matter how hard the world pushes against me, within me there's something stronger, something better, pushing right back. Now that is a good quote for hope. That is a very hopeful quote. That sums it up very well, because it's true. There is something in you. Do you believe that, as cheesy as it sounds? Do you know what the inner summer is that is there even in the winter? And I guess it's what makes me want to go into that water when it's cold and it's windy. And I'll be shivering and I'll only be in there for a few minutes, but I really don't want to. And it's the thing that says, yes, I'm going in. It's the thing that says, yes, I'm going to float I'm going to get something out of this. I'm going to feel really good after this. And it's easier for me now because I've been doing it for some time. It's a bit of a routine. So that's different to the first time going in and trying to find the summer. Finding the inner summer is something that you can be attuned to more and more. There's another famous Albert Camus quote. And it really was the most, probably one of the most famous philosophical statements that he made. And really, if you talk about him as a philosopher, then this is the quote that comes up. And it goes like this There is but one truly serious philosophical problem, and that is suicide. Judging whether life is or is not worth living amounts to answering the fundamental question of philosophy. All the rest, whether or not the world has three dimensions, whether the mind has nine or twelve categories, comes afterwards. These are games one must first answer. And we've talked about him before. He's come up in our conversations a couple of times. But he really does have a good point, like, should you go, should you go on with this or not? And from one point of view, is this a hopeful quote? Or is it pessimistic? Is it nihilistic? Is it dark? Well, no, it's completely neutral because he's saying it's up to you. It might be that you answer that and you say, yes, life is worth living. It is worth waking up in the morning. It is worth doing what I'm doing. It is worth working on something. I do have something within me. That existence would be sad to have without. Something would be missing from this world if I wasn't here. Now that does run deep. That does run into a very powerful sense of hope. One of the most famous books that Albert Camus wrote is called The Stranger. And it's about this man who just didn't fit in. His mother died and he didn't really care much. And he accidentally kills someone. And he's up for a murder trial. And he doesn't seem to really care. And the normal explanations for things like why the government works the way it does, or how education works the way it does, doesn't really sit with him. And he's this charming character, which is in this sort of lulling tone of voice, like, oh, it's an apathy of not fitting in. And it's not an apathy in terms of a disgust. Like, you notice this in, in teenagers at a certain point. They develop this... This sort of bad smell under their nose, like, ugh. And of course, it's not all teenagers, I'm generalizing there. When I say teenagers, is because there's a certain point in adolescence where you realize the answers you've been given, you've been fed by your family, are just, ugh, not good enough. It's just, ugh, I'm so tired of it. Oh, it's all fake. It's all just, pfft. Who cares? And this apathy of, oh, who cares what the outcome is? You can punish me. I don't care. That's when the, the parent says, you're grounded. And the child says, the teenager says, I don't care. It doesn't matter. Okay, well, I'm taking away this from you. I don't care. There's a kind of defiance there. There's a kind of rebellion And that's not really hopeful. That's not really an answer to this question, should you commit suicide or not? And that's not really connected to this quote of, in the midst of winter, I found there was within me an invincible summer. That's what the teenager needs to find. That's what the outsider needs to find. Instead of feeling pushed around by the world, feeling like there's something fake about the world and the society that he's in, he needs to realize that, yes, that's the case, but there's also something inside. So I thought I'd share this with you today because it's a funny thing that just came up and... There was no one else there on the beach today, so I don't know who else, who could have left it there. I was there yesterday, and there were these three, these three women, or three girls, sort of young women. And it might have been them that left it there. And they were pretty funny. I didn't talk to them. I never really know if I should talk to them or not. They seemed... Quite friendly. One one was talking to me. The older one was saying hello and saying, how's the water? That sort of thing. So if I had to guess who left this hope jar there, I'd probably say it was them. But you never can know. And I guess that's the, the, the anonymous side of it is, well, there's people in this world who do give out hope. And they do give out these cheesy quotes. Take the time to make a craft project. Just for something positive. I mean, what's wrong with something positive? Here we are talking about it. I felt quite happy to sit there and have have some hope. And of course, I've had to turn it into this big intellectual thing about quoting the, the philosopher and looking up the website of this Gillian Michaels character, personal trainer. I don't know what you call her. I guess public figure. But really, the moment of seeing that jar and seeing that someone had taken the time to make it and someone had trusted to leave it there. Now, I could have taken it with me. I could have said, hey, I want that. And I didn't. I just took two of the little bits of paper. And now I get to trust That the next person will see it and leave it there and enjoy it. And who knows how many people will see that jar. Who knows how many different reactions. Who knows what hope has come from the person that made it. From the person's intention of having goodwill to brighten someone's day. And that's all I have to say for now.